Welcome back to the girl in the frozen lake. I'm Shane Johannesson, and after weeks of literally banging my head against the wall and almost losing all faith in catching Cynthia Cooper's killer, we had a major breakthrough in the case. First, let's remind you a little bit of what happened in part one. We were alerted to the possible murder of Cynthia Cooper on the night of New Year's Eve by Cynthia's cousin, Jenny Cooper. Jenny told us that while the police had ruled her cousin's death an accident, she believed it was actually a murder. (laughs) She told us how her cousin Cynthia went to a New Year's Eve party the night she disappeared. She fought with her boyfriend around 9 p.m. and left the party. That was the last time she was seen alive. A few days later, on January 3rd, her body was found washed up on shore of their family's lake. Jenny informed us that the police estimated time of death somewhere between midnight and 6 a.m. on New Year's Eve. She told us of the four main suspects, Joshua Cooper, Cynthia's creepy-ass brother, whose alibi is that he went to the party that night, got drunk, and passed out all night in the guest room. Fuck, he's creepy. Shit gives me goosebumps just thinking about him sitting in his room in the dark, listening to Creep by Radiohead on repeat. Ugh. Then there's Jake Johnson, Cynthia's jealous ex-boyfriend, whose alibi is that after arguing with Cynthia around 9 p.m. on New Year's Eve, he stayed at the party, got really drunk, and slept with Cynthia's best friend, spending all night in her room. God, he's such a douche. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, CrossFit-loving douche. You know he posts Facebook videos of himself working out with tags like, Good day for a workout, or some stupid shit like that. Ugh, fucking douche. That leads us to Cynthia's jealous best friend, Jennifer Heller. Jenny told us about how jealous Jennifer was of Cynthia's life. The New Year's Eve party was at Jennifer's house. Jennifer was there all night, getting drunk, and then sleeping in her room with Jake. Jennifer just seems like the type of friend that everyone has and no one should. She only looks out for herself. Her high school yearbook quote was, look out for number one. And in her picture, she was wearing a shirt that said, I'm number one. Wow. Lastly, there's Kaylee Henderson, which was Cynthia's quiet friend who is so quiet, it's fucking unnerving. Also, she's randomly super, super Southern. It's fucking weird. We also heard about Kevin Hefner and his Hafner, Hafner, excuse me, Kevin Hafner and his cousin Chester, who are just super weird perverts. But at the time of the murder, they are in a bar out of town showing everyone their chocolate starfish. There's also the bikers that annoy everyone, but they were out of town annoying some other town and holding up traffic with some stupid fucking bike race. There's also Jason Payne, who all night was at his job as a bull masturbator. We chose to focus our investigation on the four main suspects Jenny told us about. We conducted interviews with all four, and while all four of them were defensive and gave me the vibe that they weren't telling us the truth, and the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, we just couldn't find a true motive or a way to crack their alibis. That is, until we received a fateful phone call that blew everything we thought we knew about this case and Cynthia Cooper's possible murder into outer fucking space. Welcome to part two of The Girl in the Frozen Lake. 
You hear that shit, Barry? That's how it's done. This is The Girl in the Frozen Lake.